Hey everyone, welcome to Shane of Thrones, number four. Uh, Matt Purcell is obviously my co-host, and my guest is uh, Matthew Skirky and Joe Westemeyer. Joe is basically Matt's guru when he first started watching Game of Thrones. Um, I had a fantastic time talking to these gentlemen. Uh, Joe had a lot of interesting perspectives on Chain of Thrones, and I was super excited to get another outside opinion in the show. Uh, he will be on the podcast sometime within the next couple months, I believe. Um, thanks to Eugene Kamluck, uh, uh, lead vocalist of Sworn In, for coming in uh, the last minute to help us with my new interface because I am an ape and don't understand how to do this stuff. So, uh, we this is a big spoiler alert episode. We talk about the battle for Winterfell. Uh, the actual title is The Long Night. And I hope you all enjoy. And see you in there, mother truckers. Okay, everybody. So we just went through a shit show, and uh, Matt Purcell is here, Matt Skirky is here, and then Joe Westemeyer, who basically got Matt into Game of Thrones. Joe was instrumental in me understanding a lot of the things that early on in the sh- in watching the show I didn't think of. Right, Joe. I guess got me interested in like the bigger picture of the story because Joe had read the books a few years prior to the show coming out. And um, I, Joe and I worked together, so I would come in after an, after an episode and I would be like, you know, what do we think about this? And, and you know, and he, Joe wouldn't tell me directly, but he would kind of like hint in other directions or, you know, just give me other things to think about. And then... That was basically skirky for me. Right, right. And a few years after Joe and I stopped working together, um, I started to just dig into like the history and the lore and other stories and you know things that would come up on YouTube that would say book spoilers, you know, and it was things that were a storyline that was discussed in the book only um, and never had a show, and you know it was like a video of low production value, some dude's drawings, or they piece together things from, like, fan art or something like that. But it was just the information that I was gathering about yeah. the, the world of George R. R. Martin and, and what, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire created. Because there's more than just, you know, the, the five books in the Song of Ice and Fire yeah, yeah, yeah. St- series. There's the Tales of Duncan Egg, and there's, you know, all these other past historical accounts of... Westeros and Essos and and this family that family whatever you know right. so um, I think it's really cool that now that the show and and everything has brought such huge popularity to this world we're hopefully going to get these you know this this prequel series from HBO um, so there's just so much for them to, to yeah. draw off of you know yeah so and so Joe. How were you introduced to the series in general? Because you've read the books. 
compared to us, we haven't read the books. Oh uh, yeah, I was introduced um because uh, my friends watched it, and I didn't get into it until uh, season two came out. So that was starting to air. I um oh that's a lot better. My yeah. God, it's crazy. <laughs> um, so when season two came out, um, I was like, all right, started getting into it. Watched season one when season two started. Watched that through and through until now. And then um, after season two, I was just like, I need I need more Game of Thrones. Okay. I need more content. <laughs> yeah. That so makes I sense. was like, all right, what's next? Out of the books, there's like fucking three, four, four of them out at this point. Yeah. So I uh, started reading those, fell in love with it. Um, just about the time I got done reading them all, uh, Dance of Dragons came out. Okay. So then I was like, nice. Right. So I'm going to ask you some questions that we've all established on the first, second, and third episode. Um, who is your, like, let's say fav- two favorite characters? Ooh. That's in the show? In the show. All right. And then I'll ask you who your favorite character in the book is. Uh, uh <laughs> Fuck, that's a hard question. I mean, um, I really like uh, Jamie, especially in the show. Okay. Especially since how um, his character has just developed over time. Yeah. That's been uh, it's been nice to watch. And then, um, got to be John, honestly. Yeah. That's just one of the ones. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, where do you do you think that John? Are you a fan of John sitting on the throne, or would you like a would you like a curveball? I'd like a curveball, honestly. Okay. I mean, if I could sit there and be like, what would I want to happen right. at the end of the series? It would almost be like, well, before last night's episode, it's a different answer now. Before, I'd be all like, Night King marches south, just kills everybody, and everybody's yeah. fucked. <laughs> Long winter comes, you know, and that's the end of the series. Right. But uh, now I can't really say what I would want it to be. Gotcha. Because it's just, like, so open-ended, you know, especially, like, it's like, Tell me they got to go march south now and take the fucking Iron Throne after yeah. everything they've just went through. Right. So, I, I, you know, you got to give it to John or Danny. The numbers? Do they even have the numbers? They have like, dragons. Oh, well, they have dragons, of course. And we all know that Aegon conquered Westeros with less forces and three dragons. So they, they can absolutely take the Iron Throne. You got to think how far gone are they? I mean, the entire Dothraki horde is pretty much eliminated. Yeah. That's an entire army of twenty thousand horses, and then the Unsullied. How many of their forces were lost? A shit ton. Mm-hmm. You got to think of and the, and, and John Northern Aaron's men. forces, or no, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Knights of the Vale, Northern men. Um, you know, anyone else? The Wildlings. wildlings yeah. I mean, the Wildlings were already pretty decimated after the fall of the Wall, because they Not they went that, to go and uh, guard Hardhome. Hardhome. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, Hardhome. As well, there too. But, but from what Danny got when she got John's alliance, the Wildling army is even smaller than that now. Yeah, most you know? definitely. And I just, part of me wants for them to, you know, be able to go down and do what needs to be done. But there's still three episodes. There's still three episodes of content that we're not going to have a full understanding of what's going to happen. Because. You know, I don't understand how they have any sort of forces to do anything because, I mean, at the end of the episode last week, you could see the amount of bodies that were just piled on piled on piled both in and out of the wall. It's just, I, I feel like they're co- co- completely outnumbered. Yeah, but it's also like they're outnumbered now, but yeah. it's like on the march south, they could pick up allies along the way. Because I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, sure. if they go there, like you said, with the armies they are now, they're pretty much fucked. I mean, Cersei does have weapons that could kill a dragon. Mm-hmm. Yep. You saw when Bronn fired at it and then narrowly missed. And she has wildfire. 
Yes, and wildfire. I yeah. mean, Cersei, for all we know, could pull another Mad King and just burn everything to the ground. Yeah, which absolutely. would be a cool ending, I think. Or she could, or she could do something to to weaponize wildfire against the dragons because yep. wildfire does not burn out. Um, and I believe wildfire is a way to kill dragons. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, would it s- though? I don't know because a dragon is essentially made of fire. So I don't know, but because it is, you know, it's it's a made flame, you know, and it like burns hotter and. And since it would like attach itself to it almost uh, didn't Mad King Ares uh, towards the beginning of his madness didn't he burn down uh, Summerhall with wildfire Uh, Summerhall burned because Aegon the Unworthy uh, and Sir Duncan Egg uh, the idea was that they were trying to rehatch dragon eggs okay so they so that he accidentally burned down Summerhall and killed. I think it was him and his son, uh, Sir uh, Sir Duncan, and then Duncan Targaryen, or <coughs> something along the lines of that. But uh, th- that's what happened at Summerhall. And then Rhaegar Targaryen was said to have been completely fascinated by Summerhall, by Summerhall. Okay. during his youth and all that sorts of stuff. So, gotcha. Um, I don't know if it was wildfire that burned Summerhall. I think it was just it might have been regular fire and sure. magic. But as to what. And we don't, we don't really know because it's not really touched on in the books or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. Cersei is either going to get fucking reamed <laughs> or she's going to burn everything and or, or just completely decimate everybody. And we're going to be left with this. Do they go to Pike <laughs> and hang out with Yara? Or do they just stay in the north for now and wait? Because this episode, they could just sit. It's going to be very campy. We're not really going to move as much as we just did, Mm -hmm. considering that we're just going back and forth now between King's Landing and Winterfell. Right. And we just got a face full of awesome and sadness, terror, Cersei could be the worst terror now because the Night King brought the night. Mm-hmm. He brought the storm. He killed <sighs> either half or more than half of our forces. Yeah. I'd say more than half. More, right, more than half. There was so little left. And then even in the crypts, we lost a few people down there. Right. Which was awesome. Yeah. The Kings of Winter. The came. resurrection <laughs> of the Kings of Winter was fucking cool. I uh, didn't see that coming. Not at all. Um, do we want to go into oh, yeah. all of this right now, or did you want to still have no, well, yeah, questions no. for Joe? Yeah, questions. Yeah. Who's your... Uh, <laughs> yes, we should stick to Joe. Thank you for bringing that back. <laughs> we went on a tour. Um, who, who's your favorite major house and minor house? Uh, you can include the books in this if you'd like. Major house. Uh, I mean, everyone loves the Starks, obviously, but like... We had to go like favorite, probably like I know Matt mentioned on the first one, like Tully, just because a lot of their um their sayings, like family duty honor. I could appreciate that a lot. I like that. Um yeah. as far as like all characters and what they uh, all have done throughout the entire history of Westeros, I uh, I like the Lannister house, honestly. Okay. Yeah, kind of an un- unpopular opinion on that, but I, I would like I would like a little more on that. Um, uh, they just uh just scheme their way to the top pretty much, you know. Okay. 
like the uh, the original origin of the Lannister house, just like um, I can't remember it, but um, land the clever. Yeah, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Like I said, just a clever dude who's just rising to the top. I mean, uh, eventually they get to the point where they do pretty much own the Iron Throne. Yeah, sneakling taken away from the Baratheons. Right. Um, you know, Tywin's basically the king of the. Yeah, no, Tywin's a fucking god. Yeah, yeah Tywin's a boss. Dude. A lion does not <laughs> as, concern as, himself as with the things of sheep. Absolutely. As much as you know, in the show, there were so many times where I hated him. The the redeeming qualities that he had, like when I think it was like season two or three. I think it was season three. Um, when. Gendry Hot Pie and Arya were taken to Harrenhal, the ruins oh. of Harrenhal. And, you know, they were being tortured and all of this. And then uh, Tywin comes in and, you know, takes her, brings her up, and sh- she's his personal steward. Yeah. And, you know, she learns a lot. And he knows that she's soaking it all in. He's not naive to the fact that right. this little girl thinks that she's playing something. But his downfall in that whole situation is that he's ignorant to who she is. Well, yeah, I mean, but... And that shows that even people in great power can be a little... seen as a little ignorant due to the fact that he can't even recognize that that's a Stark. Well, he may never have met her. Right. But he's met Catelyn and he's met Ned, I'm assuming. They've also had years together of seeing each other at tournaments. Right. like that, opposed to, like, Arya, who's relatively... Because Tywin's not a dumb... (laughs) Yeah. He's not a... It's not a dumb no, guy. No, 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 no. Of course not. Right. Um, so it was just kind of interesting seeing that he's with this girl and she's serving him and she knows who he is, mm. but he doesn't know who she is. Right. Which kind of makes it interesting for the growth of Arya because she learns from him. But Arya is also not putting it out there that she is a, you know, a daughter of a, of a noble. Right. Um, she's being she, smart she, as she, well. She's being demure in that because she doesn't want to be found out. Right. So, in Tywin's kind of defense, it's like, how would he know? You know, she yeah. know she knows that he's you know Lord Tywin Lannister because just, he's because he's wearing the armor and little riding the riding the horse right. and carrying the sword and all of that. Um, I'm with him that Tywin's a fucking boss. Yeah, like, no, I, sure. I was just pointing out. Like, I think a nice, we're all in agreement that Tywin's right. The boss. I think I think it was just nice that the showrunners showed us a little bit of a flaw in mm-hmm. him but it's a minor flaw that you know isn't really that big of a deal right. because obviously it the story goes the way that it goes yes yeah but it's just really it, it it's just a dynamic in the show that they kind of emphasize sometimes that they show us weakness in characters even though Tywin barely has any weaknesses at all yeah but the generation before him his father was the weakest lord of right. of casterly rock ever you know i yeah. mean um and it wasn't until tywin wiped out the reigns and the <laughs> and the tarbacks that uh that the lannister name was brought back to the prominence that it yeah. that it currently held prior to all of the crazy events post tywin's death yeah so you know i mean i i have mad respect for every house in the seven kingdoms yeah um and and I agree with Joe that it is a very unconventional and you know not maybe not the most popular house, but I I respect the fact that you're looking at their house from a different point of view than most people, you know. Yeah. And I like I like that kind of stuff. You you know yeah. anyone could tell me, so, dude. I've had I've had one person tell me, 
It was when I was getting my marriage license, actually. <laughs> and we were in the courthouse, and I don't remember. I probably brought it up because I'm that guy. I think the dude had a Greyjoy sigil wallpaper on his desktop. <laughs> and I saw it from, like, the counter, and I'm like, dude, your house Greyjoy, huh? He's like, all day. All day, <laughs> all day house Greyjoy. And I was like, man, that is fucking unique. Right. Like, to have someone all in on, like, a pretty shitty house. Like, they don't bring much to the table other than, like, being dicks at times when they, they don't need to be. <laughs> so um, so I appreciate every, anyone telling me what their, ho- what their favorite yeah. house is, you know. And, and the most unique one is, you know, to someone who's actually invested in the show and the story and, and you know, books, whatever, someone who can tell you, like, a really cool, surprising minor house well, yeah you know i mean uh i have i have no stark paraphernalia of like anything stark in my house i have a lannister mug and i have a night king photo <laughs> you're wearing a winterfell shirt right now dum-dum drew gifted this to me <laughs> <laughs> i totally forgot that i was wearing this <laughs> i didn't like I'm staring right at i didn't it. buy it though so I'm an ape. It's been a long morning. Eugene came in for the save. Yeah, the, Eugene the, saved the day. Eugene saved the day. I had I got a new interface so I can have multiple people on and multiple mics instead of passing back and forth. Unfortunately, one of my mics is broken, so we're tossing three around, but that's better than two. Yeah, man. That's and definitely... we decided to go big on this because they went big on that episode. For and sure. we start off in that episode. Oh, what's your favorite minor house? We didn't even Ooh. get to the minor houses. <laughs> Fuck, man. I just set you up, man, and you then you did. went on a tear. <laughs> we all went on a tear. I'm Tywin. He's a boss. Yeah. I mean, if I had a list of them all in front of me, I could, like, search through it and then try to find a favorite. Um, I like the Kilgain house recently, yeah. honestly. I just uh, watched a YouTube video about their history the other day, and I was like, all right, this is all pretty right. cool. It's, it's sick, kind of demented as well, but right. I think that's why I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a, and it's a, a, a newer house. Like, yeah, it, it, much. It was only... It was only established by the Hound and Mountain's grandfather, right? Or father. Uh, I think it was grandfather. I think it was grandfather yeah. because they said it was one generation until um, the newly appointed like master of training or something like that got his prized possession, which was the mountain. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, dude, that's... That's a good one. That's yeah. a good history. I like that. Just like a, their whole house is just like some kind of B-rated horror movie. Yeah, yeah, for just sure. A haunted house yeah. with servants. Yep. Servants started going missing yeah. around Multiple the time. What the heck? Gregor was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> he's twelve he's just, years old. He's, he's just, just murdering servants <laughs> in in the dark, dim hallways. Well, of now we get Clegane Bowl coming up. Yeah. Now it's not, it, it has to be. It's not confirmed, but it's a guarantee. Some, it has yeah, to, yeah. I mean, we, to, he's got that part plot armor for a reason. Yeah, exactly. We, but we we discussed this in one of the previous podcasts. You know, I think it was the three of us, uh, Shane and, and Skirky, and I questioned like, how are they going to do that? Is is Gregor going to come up to uh, Winterfell? Obviously, that's not happening. Um, so now it's totally feasible. Now that you know they don't have to put their focus in the north, and they can they can march south. Yeah, because the, um, the Great War ended, or so we think. Right, right. I mean, well, quote, so big for, big quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. Because as as me and Matt have talked about, we just 
there's a part of me, and I'm sure there's a part of you where you just don't really buy into it. I, mean, I, I do because I saw it happen. I saw uh, Arya yeah. Stark stab the Night King in the heart, and I saw all the whites and all the undead under dragon just die and collapse, and everything's right. okay. But then part of me is just like, would it be that easy, though? Would it happen that way? Because obviously it wasn't easy because they had to go through all this loss and they had right, to right. have Bran almost killed by the Night King. But at the end, I mean, we're getting to the end of the episode here a little bit, but the Night King and Bran shared a look that was really odd to me. It was really, really strange. They're just like connection that they had. And I, I know that the Night King and the Three-Eyed Raven have had a connection throughout history, but... It was just very strange how they were standing there. Or, I mean, Bran's sitting because he's in a fucking wheelchair. But <laughs> the Night King's just standing there kind of menacingly looking at him. And Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The whole Bran storyline with the Night King and everything, I, you know, I've heard people say, like, Bran is the Night King. Or, um, you know, in the past, Bran created, the, the Three-Eyed Raven created the Night King by influencing the the... Uh, children of the forest and all this kind of stuff and it's like I don't know if it's that complicated I don't I I honestly believe that like Bran holds the the history and memories of the world Mm -hmm. and the Night King is trying to end the world therefore he needs to I think Shane mentioned this last week you know the Night King needs to kill the memories and kill the history and then they can just wipe out everything else because they restart they have, it yeah they restart have the numbers the we obviously saw the whole situation when john thought he was going to be the hero and slay the night king yeah Not today and he, john and he runs up and the night king just turns around gives him a smirk and lifts all the dead in the fucking battlefield so now all of a sudden john's just like well, that was a horrifying scene when everybody in the castle is like looking around and everybody's being raised, and I'm just like, oh no. Yeah, dude, because they were like, it's never ending. Like that's that's a part in the story that I thought was amazing for them to show. It's like they all realize at that moment that this is a this is a lost war. Yeah, they, there's they're, no, there's they're no losing. There's no way in the world that they will be able to sustain. Another battle with twice as many. Exactly. You know? And just the amount. Yeah, because it was ridiculous. They were, the lo- they were losing before that happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know they, what I mean? The, the moment they lost was at the very beginning of the episode with the oh, Dracky charge. With, and yeah, oh, you, my gosh. And you don't I mean, see anything. It's just total darkness. And then you see undead giants stomping on, you know, leading the charge, Dothraki. And it was it was really, really Didn't make bad. more sense. It, I, well, I, well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. I was saying that, like, this guy went over the video of, like, battle tactics, and he's just a historian or whatever, and just the the, the sheer audacity to think that your Dothraki horde, regardless of numbers, is going to be able to stop a force that you can't even really see. And, you know, horses are typically used for, for flanking maneuvers or for breaking small ranks, and they're never in the front of a charge, typically. That's where, that's where Ramsey Bolton fucked up, too. So that's, I, that's my I mean, thoughts on the matter. And then obviously they had plenty of opportunities to make more stuff and make more barricades and make more trenches. I mean, I don't know how much time they had, but... Just light a fire every 50 feet so at least they could see what's coming exactly, towards them. Exactly, because right. it was incredibly dark until Melisandre just decided to... Well, the dragon fires was helping a little bit too, but then Melisandre just lit the trenches and good much that did. 
I honestly wasn't expecting her to just pop out of nowhere. Yeah, it was a little odd. It was a little strange to just have her walk up, which means the dead are behind her, which means where the fuck did she come from? (laughs) Part of me at the beginning, I was, uh, remember in, um, and this is a Lord of the Rings thing, uh, in the Return of the King when uh, the emissary of Sauron comes out. Yeah. I thought it was an emissary of the dead for whatever reason. (laughs) Makes no sense. Just someone that's going to like, parlay or talk like <laughs> we're gonna fuck you up and then i was just like no it's melisandre so yeah. as soon as i saw the horse i knew it was melisandre oh yeah it's like i was like because where where's the uh where's the lord of light you know right where's the uh god of fire in this entire entire episode right. you had ice meets fire you need yeah. the uh, opposite on that i think i'm gonna guess and we didn't even get these details in the meeting we didn't they didn't say that the dothraki were going to charge which leads me to think that when she lights those swords, the Dothraki get a little overzealous and act on their impulses because they're fucking crazy people. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's you know potential. what I mean? Remember that the Dothraki, the way that the Dothraki fight is, or the way that the Dothraki live is when the omens favor things. Right. So when their omens favored war... So by Melisandre lighting their, That's what I mean. their arcs on fire, you know, that could have symbolized a um an omen of war for the Dothraki and right. they, you know, they their Dothraki, they just go. That's what I you mean. Know? So that was maybe that wasn't actually part of the plan. Maybe they were there to be the first wall of defense, even though it doesn't make sense to have the horses in the wall of or defense. Have catapults I mean, at the front of the line, you know, that's another one that's a little different, but Right. I could see the Dothraki going out there just to kind of test to see what's out there. Right. You know, because, I mean, they're on horseback, go get a quick attack, kind of come back, yeah. and that could um, kill a lot of forces on their way marching to Winterfell, I can right. understand. But like you're saying, it's like one volley, one volley of those uh, trebuchets you got out there. Right. And, like, what's the range on those? Like, th- those should have been firing the entire time. It would have made um, Yeah, even when they didn't see what was coming. Oh, yeah. They should have been lighting up that whole field the whole time. Yeah, there was a lot of opportunity, but maybe there wasn't because it's the undead horde. And as we saw with the unsullied standing there, dude, and just the this wall, flood. yeah, and it was ridiculous. Crawl over them, it's so fucking creepy. They yeah. like they're like they're like insects, dude. dude they're, they're like cockroaches. They're a fuck. Yeah. I said we were, when that happened, we all made a noise. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, they're a fucking plague. Yep, they're literally depicting a plague just in a physical form. And to your point a few weeks ago where you where you were talking about like zombie apocalypse movies that you've seen in the past yeah. that have this like, you know, fast feral. The, not not the not the zombie movies from, you know, like the 80s and all that where no, the like World War Z like World War Z type shit. Like not that. Walking yeah. Dead style. Sure. Walking Dead is super Slow pace. They're trying to add the creepiness of right, right. just like these, and they have to draw. Just, you know, they have to dead. draw it out for seasons upon seasons. Right. Whereas in this, this is a this is meant to be an apocalypse, a, a locust. Uh, yeah. You know, something that takes over and just one hundred percent consumes right uh, what it is. And you know, and I don't know, man. I loved the episode. I thought it was amazing. Um, I had some issues with it. I mean, I didn't have the typical issues that we're seeing online and you know, uh, that people are complaining about. I, 
the the name of the goddamn episode is The Long Night. It's going to be dark. We Get watched over it. it. I well, watched I, it on our, I, my own TV. It was dark. It's so dark. You, no, oh, yeah. yeah. Like I dark, turned no, off all my lights no, to rewatch it. your TV is quality because <laughs> yeah. I watched it at my TV, and it's like six, seven years old, and I'm okay. like, oh, this is kind of dark. I, sure. I, I have a theory on why people were so angry, and this is why I make fun of people who do this, but people who go to bars and watch it, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's the dumbest Stupid. thing to do. Yeah, no. This is the battle for Winterfell in the middle of the night. They set it up in the episode right. before. We're in a nighttime setting, right. and we're going to be here until the middle of the night. Yeah. Fucking two to fucking four in the morning, it's pitch black. Right. Right. And we end the... Uh, sorry, we're bouncing around everywhere, but we end the episode in the dawn. But Absolutely. we're going to go back. After er, after that, <laughs> just the fucking horde is insane, dude. How many unsullied did they lose when Grey, when Grey Worm closed the closed the trench? The first half of the unsullied were wiped out before they even got to the second I know. half. I know we lost literally more Grey than Worm half. Had to make that decision. Yeah, as, I as think a, I think they I think they have like a quarter of the amount um, they had. Eight thousand. I think they probably have two thousand unsullied left. If that, if they that, might be a yeah. thousand. Yeah. I really don't... think that the forces of the living, or at least the forces of the north, and Daenerys Targaryen and Jon's collective um, I think, battle group is just uh, like we said at the beginning I of this episode. Like f- they're just gone. Four, not four to five grand tops, and half of them are the people in the crypts. Half of them are children, women, and children. Their forces, maybe three. And thousand. I mean. If that's if that's like the number, like I'd be surprised if even that much survived after watching that battle. Right. Like, I mean, you look at it and you're like, okay, so we have uh, six survivors, you know, just all the main characters to a degree, because you never really see any extras or right. anyone surviving I, that kind of um, right. Because they have to show the us, yeah. they have to get our adrenaline pumping for our main characters, which makes sense. But they do not really emphasize on how many people are left. They just show us the dead falling. No, we'll, at the we'll end. get we'll get some of that tonight too. We'll right. You know, go into probably like, you know, how many of our forces were lost and then blah, blah, blah. Okay, what do we do now? Okay, go try and surplant Cersei. Okay. Right, because we have Fire two, and blood. We, yeah, <laughs> we have two dragons still. Once, but once, one's, one's jacked up, one's the wing jack, is jacked up. Both of them are jacked up. They have yeah. a dire wolf. Yeah. They have a dire wolf. Dire wolf that survived an undead horde somehow. True. But like yeah. I'm saying, on the march south, I mean, there's literally a... Uh, a pack of direwolves who are just running, running rampant. That's right. Because true. of uh, Nymeria, right? Yeah, Nymeria. Yep. I yep. thought Nymeria and all of her uh, hound pack were going to help yep. with this fight. Ghost could do. Ghost could I mean, do. Some ghost is going to do something, but he uh, saw yeah. it. I wonder if Bran can war- can warg into Ghost. <gasps> he probably then, can. And then go and basically recruit Nymeria and her and right? her pack. Are we going to go that far? Are we going to go through the fucking neck and find? Greywater watch. I think so. And talk to Mr. Holland Reed, who can confirm John's parentage. They have to confirm that. Dude. Yeah. They didn't talk to Danny's any not, in that last episode. Danny's I'm not so that. amped for that, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my heart is full just thinking about it. It's it's wild. I know um, you. If, yeah. if that happens, I'm gonna lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna lose. Don't throw me. Yeah. Don't throw me out the again. window, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we, Danny and John waiting for the Night King, and then this Dothraki get 
demolished. Danny and John have that moment where Danny starts walking away because she's got to hop on Drogon and go take care of this problem because it's worse than they thought was going to happen. And John's like, we have to wait for the Night King. She's like, dude, I just lost 40,000 people. Or 20,000. 20,000. 20,000 people in my army. I, I need to go. The dead are here. Like, it's, it's time a, to go. It's a good thing she did, too, because the defense of Winterfell would not have lasted and fucking long at all. No, not my at French, all. But without that dragon coming in and rising the troops' morale and yep. then also dividing the battlements of the enemies, you yes. know? So it's a, it's a good thing she did that. Those flames if anything, John's an idiot for following her. Arts. So well, many. John even, I mean, he went back down towards Bran, but at the same time when they're flying and then they get caught in the, the winter storm and the storm well, John is just got a giant wall of fog and mist and snow and it's... John got a little overzealous there. I don't know why Danny w- didn't teach John the word for fucking fire. Right. You know? Did John's fi- dragon breathe fire through that entire episode? Yeah, they were going both going back and forth. Were they? Yeah. All right. I feel like I, I don't remember I like think, John actually I think spewing fire. He he did not say Dracaris. Dracaris. I think Rhaegal I think Rhaegal was just following suit with Drogon. Yeah, but Dracaris has now become Daenerys's catchphrase. Yeah, John can't. So, really you know, like to have John be like Dracaris. Uh, yeah. Jon Snow. <laughs> it Dracaris. It's not the same as her being all fucking fierce woman. Right. Dracaris. But it makes me feel at least Danny can kind of control her dragon in a way, where John, I thought, was just uh, mostly along for the ride. He's he's only been on the dragon twice. (laughs) He's got Targaryen blood, though. He should have it. Yeah, but it's not going to... There's a learning curve. (laughs) It's a dragon, Sure, he's been riding ghosts. You know, he's got his practice in. He's the second person ever... To ride who's, a dragon. Who's, who's living currently to have ever ridden a dragon. So <laughs> I don't think they have a manual. Yeah. <laughs> she, she she ruined horses for him. <laughs> John's going to fly that dragon forever. <laughs> Until it dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice family tree, John. <laughs> I'm um, in love with my aunt. Aww. Brooding all over. I'm having identity <laughs> issues. <laughs> How about uh, Davos accepting that he has to leave her alive just for the night? Just for the night. Even though he despises her. Didn't he swear on an oath that he would kill her if he ever saw her again? Yes. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> got to take any help he can get at that point, though. That scene was so emotional. At Post Battle of Bastards, when he, oh yeah, when yeah, he threw it down, like, yeah, yeah, that was that was a very a tough emo- one. Yeah, I teared up. <laughs> she was good. And, uh, yeah, she's such a fucking crazy person He's, for her Lord of Light. She oh, does so, so much crazy shit. Yeah, for him. But said, they said that he's the. Someone said that he's the best father figure for the Baratheon children ever. <laughs> <laughs> So then we go, yeah, we just get wiped out. And, uh, what, Dude, that I, whole sequence of events in the beginning, where obviously we're getting everybody individually, and then... I love that they opened the episode with Sam waiting in line and trembling <sighs> to get his... His hand shaking, and they got that drum in the... Yeah, the battle drum, yeah. Oh, and, and, he, and he, gets his, he gets his daggers, and uh, 
Then we panned to Tyrion. Yeah, and and everyone's trying to like keep their shit together, but everyone's freaked the fuck out, yeah. man. Like the dead is coming, and the dead is going to wipe everyone out, and they all know it. And they all still have to fight. They. St- what else? What else are you gonna do, you, man? You can I mean, taste right. the fear that they have. You can. It's it's palpable. You can just <laughs> see on all of their faces how. Another shot that I really really loved was. Um, they showed Brienne's forces, the forces that she was leading, and then like Jamie next to her and Pod on the other side. And then that was when uh, uh, the Hound and Gendry rolled up. Yep. And I was just like, fuck, man, that's so cool. Like, that's some powerful <laughs> shit right there. Yeah. And, um, you know, did anyone notice that Gendry forged himself a. A, a hammer that that resembled uh, Robert Baratheon's hammer with the Foreshadowing. spikes. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Hey-oh. <laughs> so, so it had dragon glass spikes on it. And yeah. he was so just badass. Bashing fucking heads in. And dude. he made it lighter than his his uh, other one. He made it so he could just fucking wail on yeah. people like everybody's swinging a sword. He's just like, I don't need that. Yeah, dude. It's so. I cool. don't need your double edged pointy God, stick. I was strong. <laughs> <laughs> I crushed his fucking breastplate. <laughs> he shit himself right there on the battlefield. That's what they never tell you. They all shit <laughs> they themselves. They all shit themselves as they're going out. Holy shit. Kingslayer, get in here. I missed that, man. Oh, he was so good. <laughs> he was, so was, awesome. was so good in that role. Uh, man. It was perfect. I want to see so badly, and I don't think we're going to get it in the uh, prequel that HBO is currently uh, working on, but I want to see at some point before they end all of this Game of Thrones, I want to see a young Robert Baratheon and a young Ned Stark. Yes. Just who they were, how they interacted with one another, yeah. and how Robert was just a fucking Man. monster. Yeah, dude. <laughs> just huge, dude. Like, he was a big dude. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him at like, 20, 22 years old. Well, he's how, how, oh yeah, because they'll jump. They're the like age. they're like thirty five in in the books in present right. Like when the story begins, right? Because they the were show, like because they were Robert was sixteen or eighteen when Robert's rebellion happened. Yeah, yeah, he was like super young at the beginning of Robert's rebellion, which had only lasted a year. Mm-hmm. So by the end of it, he was like nineteen, ruling the Seven Kingdoms. A fucking yeah. boss who just wants to fight and fuck. <laughs> fight and fuck and drink and, and... Yeah, just every... Oh, man. <laughs> he just gets beaten down. Oh, uh, yeah. He and he's just, got a big belly. He just, he just <laughs> steers into it for a long time because no one's going to tell him otherwise. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like, no one's going to be like, Not hey, even Jamie. Hey, King. <laughs> you're packing him on there, buddy. Maybe you should, uh, you know, take a walk around the castle. That's why that's the best. That, you know? That's the best depiction of their relationship and yeah. how they love each other. He can walk up to Ned. You got fat, yeah. <laughs> and then just Ned just does a little up down yeah, on right, him. Doesn't right. say anything. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, man, I'm I'm excited for this episode. You know, I mean, after such a monumental battle that we wa- that we witnessed in the previous episode, I think. This one's going to be kind of a change of pace of like regrouping and figuring out like where to go from here, what we, what they can do. 
It's time um, to play the game again. See, yeah, see what you know. See what Cersei's been up to for the the past two. We haven't seen the King's Landing in two weeks. Right. You know, we we got two full episodes in the north. Yeah. And now we're gonna see this week. We're gonna see some shit in King's Landing. Did you notice that Cersei in the in the trailer for this t- tonight's episode? Cersei is not wearing a black dress. She's wearing, She's wearing a red, red dress. and gold dress. Yeah. She's she's like. Nope, she's getting a little. It's, she's getting a little sassy. She's been sassy. She just got. She just got. She just got some Euron ass. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Euron's uh, arrogance has been. She's she's Might got a little. She's gotten an injection of her, her, his arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse Good me, one. using a uh, very crass <laughs> term there, but. I think a little bit of it might be true. Yeah. Um, is she fucking pregnant? I don't think so. I honestly don't Jamie, think she's pregnant. Do you think she tricked Jamie too? I think she did. I think she played them both like a fucking fiddle. Well, of course. That's and what she's been she doing her can. entire life. And we got that in uh, the ep- first episode, uh, the second episode, when Jamie and Tyrion are talking. He's like, "Bitch, you always loved her. That's your downfall with her. Right. You love her, and you you can't get over this woman." And you can't see past her fucking veil that you've it's put so, over her. It's so weird to like say that and then snap back into the the reality of the story and be like, oh, but that's his twin sister. Like that's fucked up, dude. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. For sure. But yeah, I mean Cersei's something else, man. I mean, anything could anything's possible with her. The whole she's wicked. Her having like her just her being a pregnant I, or her being pregnant, I could see that being something because she would need a you know she needs a succession to the line. She right. doesn't have it right now. You know that's how that's how rulers keep their dynasties is by right. furthering their line. Um, but could she be using it with Tyrion and Jaime as a ploy? Absolutely, that's what she does. I'm not putting a whole bunch of stock into it because I think it's going to be irrelevant at a certain point in right. the next within the next three episodes. Because I honestly think that she's—I don't think that Cersei's going to make it. She's going to die. She's definitely going to die. Um, how? I honestly could see Danny burning her to fucking ash instead of one of the boys. One of the. Prof- prophesized boys killing her i don't know i think the prophecies have uh, have held true pretty pretty well for the most part a lot of them right jamie kill her it would be the best i don't want to see i honestly don't want to see Tyrion kill her i want to see her get fucking stabbed in the heart by her her lover her best friend and father of her children and all that like fucked it's it's gross but you know it's Game of be, Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. <laughs> and if they want to satisfy us and make it as dramatic as it can be, watching him kill her. I just would, want more tunes that yeah. sound as good as that one in the last episode. But does he pull a Tommen after and just bitch out? Just, just drop off the red drop keep. Drop off the red keep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> he just can't handle any more after that? He can't live life without... Because then he's going to have to go deal with everybody else after he's alive. Like after the whole ordeal's over... Jamie's still gonna be alive without her. He'll have he has Brienne now. He'll maybe have Tyrion. He does have Brienne now. 
But Brienne and Tormund, Team Brienne and Tormund, has got to happen. Are they going to have a threesome? Not about that. <laughs> Are you not about? I'm not about Brienne and Tormund. All right. Do you not? I find could it? respect it. I like <laughs> Tormund. You know, I, I could definitely respect it. But he's, uh, he's trying a little too hard out there. You know, you got to, uh, you got to, you got to woo a southern woman in a little bit of a different way. <laughs> it's like, oh, him, uh, Brienne and Jamie, though. I like that. Yeah. Okay. You know? I mean, I'm it's with cute. it. I'm with it too. He lost his, uh, lost his hand for. Her. True. He also knighted her. Yeah, he did, which was <gasps> kind of cute, you know. It was dense because that's all she forgot. Some of the gods in the night. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's <laughs> one thing I saw online. I was like, mentions like three, three of the gods of the seven. Yeah, the three mother, four. the father, yeah. and yeah. the warrior. It's like screen time. We spent a billion up billion dollars. <laughs> See, but I took that as when you're when you formally knight someone in Westeros, you don't necessarily speak to like the mother and the cr- and and you know like the other uh the other people in there you talk to like the warrior the builder or the warrior the father and someone else i don't know like i i just took that like okay well it's a ba- it's like a battle pr- a battle I, I don't i wouldn't call it a prayer but like a declaration it's maybe an oath. an oath yeah yeah basically an oath um so I just figured, you know, like, okay, well, they don't have to, they don't have to speak to the mother, and they don't have to speak to the this person, um, or this god, you know, uh, but yeah, maybe they cut it out for time's sake or whatever. Probably, <laughs> I have no probably. idea. Probably right. He said it so slow too and dramatic. I dubbed it. <laughs> um, how about Ed? How about Ed? First. Death of the whole ordeal oh, that was stabbed like, right in the back of the face. It was oh. rough, and then Sam just so runs many people away. die like that. <laughs> <laughs> just getting the sword through their face. Yeah, Fucking, the guy, um, I mean, the guy that tried his... to kill Tyrion. What's his name? That Kingsguard. Oh yeah, the Kingsguard. Yeah, in the yeah. Podrick yeah. stabs him in the back of the head. Yep, and, and then, then uh, Prince of Dorne. Yeah, the Prince of Dorne. That was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> saw his face Whoa. just get. Chunked. <laughs> it was really gnarly. That was crazy. Um, yeah, he did. It's like help Sam out there, but then it's just like got to get your head back in the game after that, right? Can't be uh, chaos. Yeah, can't, you know, around. can't be not paying attention. Sam, Sam just ran away. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Sam. Yeah. So sad. Should have gone to the crypt. Sam almost died twelve thousand times in that episode. Oh my god, I'm shocked that they didn't kill Sam. I was ready. He found for himself them to kill in Sam. some. Very precarious situations. Lying on the ground, covered in dead people, yeah. just yelling. Ah! Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, they they the fact that they kept Sam alive when that was his like his reaction to everything going on is far fetched. Because if someone was acting that way and like so skittish and so scared, they weren't attacking it head on. They'd be gone. In real life, like they would have been, that person would have been gone. Sam would have been gone when he was on his back. Ed Ed would have taken a freaking knife to the back of the head, and as Sam's like watching the whole thing go down, a white should have like climbed on his face and eaten his eaten his face off. Yikes! I can see some of the reason why some people are calling plot armor on most of the characters. It's 
Well, it's real. It's a real thing. It's yeah. Their plot armor's fat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They could have killed so many people, and I would have been okay with it. Yeah. To be completely honest, right? A Sam death would have been fitting. Yeah, uh, he's not. He's not. They they most likely have something planned with Sam. You know, maybe it has to do with Sam. Uh, with with the whole John parentage thing, maybe it is just John needs Sam to be his his advisor, you know? Yeah, but John has Tormund. Mm-hmm. He's got Gendry. Mm-hmm. He's got Sansa. He's got Arya. He's got Bran. Sam's his best friend. It would be the most. It would make the most sense in all honesty, to kill the best friend over the siblings, considering that most of House Stark was wiped out in the first three seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I I love Sam. I'm happy that he's alive. <laughs> like the, Sam's the best. Mm-hmm. Sam the Slayer. Sam the Slayer is alive and lover of ladies, okay? <laughs> I. But he did have some big pod armor. I just... I would have been well, okay. So did Brienne, and I mean, there were a lot of scenes what, overhead. Podrick, Podrick. I mean, like, what's the point? There, there were a lot of scenes overhead where you would see like uh, Daenerys and Jorah for for a split second. It was going overhead, panning, and you saw like thirty undead coming at them, and then they'd be alive. And the same thing happened with like Theon and the um, his his men in the in oh, the, in the Godswood, in the Godswood. It show like. A bunch running at them, and then when it would pan to like actual combat footage, it would just show like one or two, three running at them. I'm like, that didn't seem un- that seemed so unlikely for a second. That and and uh, another one was with John when uh, the Night King rose all the undead. He was surrounded. Oh like, right, dude, he had hundreds of around him. It's like how. <laughs> right, how did he Not get armor? On? Well, John's supposed okay. supposed to be one of the best swordsmen alive at the time. He's supposed to be just as good as Jamie. I mean, I think the John, John's the um, the only person that scares the Night King. I would say it's probably the only reason that the Night King goes through such a length to avoid any kind of one-on-one conflict with John. Yeah, especially knowing he has like a Valyrian steel sword that could actually end his life. Right, and he survived Hard Home. Yep, I he think survived. What <laughs> was survived. it at Hard Home where uh, John killed? One of the White Walkers. Yeah, he killed one of the yeah. lieutenants. And it's like you see the uh, the look on the Night King's face during that, and it's like... He's pissed. Yeah, it's like you actually see some emotion as well, so... Right. And that's why he raises the undead in front of him, and he's just yeah. like... He's well, like, this is a fair move. He's like, this isn't a fair fight right now. super hard. I'm going to use my ulti. But he gives the... That's... See, that's a weird part about the Night King. He doesn't give John the honor of one-on-one combat. He's like, this isn't a fair fight right now. I know who you are. It's kind of like... No, Infinity War is not a spoiler alert. Fuck off, everybody. It's like when Thanos and Stark and Tony have their face-off. He's like, Stark. And then Tony's like, you fucking know me? He's like, you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. The Night King knows who John is. Yeah. So when he raises the dead in front of his face, he's like, fuck you. I'm not dealing with you. I have other problems. And then he gives Theon that honor of one-on-one combat. Yeah. Which turns very poorly. And Obviously, because he knows he's going to beat well, there's, Theon. There's no hope. Yeah. Right, you know, so maybe that's that's where this everybody's. Am I, am I the only one who thinks that that was like the dumbest way for Theon to go out? 
It like, was really I'm, I'm re- really disappointed in I'm, that. I'm I'm upset that he charged him. That they had yeah. him charge him. Yeah. I wanted the Night King to walk up to him and they have a sword fight. Right. And Theon's just hopeless. Right. But he still gives well, a Theon little didn't bit of have a, a sword, first it of was... all. Theon only had that <coughs> spear. But, you know, for him to just straight up charge directly at him and just go yeah. into impending death. I mean, what else is he going to do, though? Is he I mean, just going to sit there and wait? I mean, it was a nice way for, you know, Bran to say, like, you're a good man, Theon. Yeah. I thought, like, I agree with you. I thought it was fucking hey, stupid. Like, why would you uh, why would you just charge the Night King? But yeah. in the same breath, like, from a show writer's perspective and from a watcher's perspective, it's like, that's a really cute way to kind of end his character. Sure. Especially someone who's gone through such a development. Someone first you like, someone you don't care about, someone you hate, and someone you actually care about, you know, well, start to love at the end. My progression of Theon was I thought he was a shithead right from the get. Well, obviously they depict him as a shithead, but he's not. He doesn't. He didn't. He didn't betray anybody. He was there with Rob in the beginning. Well, yeah, yeah. I His mean, he was he was raised. Yeah, right. you gotta be a little sour, you know. Sure, you sure. You gotta be a little you know, shit so, when you're being raised by another man and you're not really that man's child, right? And you're well, being, and you, you know that you're he wasn't a even he wasn't even his child. He was literally he was like seven his, years old. His squire, yeah. Like like Theon's role to Ned Stark was basically to be his like personal assistant. Yeah, you know, and and that was the fostering or the ward. You know, like right. Um, Wasn't it kind of done out of like an embarrassment as well for the Greyjoy rebellion? Yes. Rebellion, yeah. If I'm not, so not mistaken. So when the Greyjoy rebellion was put down, um, Balon Greyjoy, uh, Theon's father, was left with only one living. Heir, one living son. Yeah. And that was his youngest son, Theon, who was nine years old. Right. Theon's two older brothers were killed in battle. One had a tower brought down on him, and the other oh, one that's metal. Uh, when <laughs> he, yeah, when the when the wall uh when the walls of Pike um were breached, uh the one of the other older brothers was under the wall. And oh, okay. and or maybe he was in single combat with someone, I forget. Um and when the rebellion was put down, Robert pretty much made Balon Greyjoy um, bend the knee, and they took Theon as a ward, and Ned knew that this kid was going to have a really rough go if he went anywhere besides Winterfell, and Ned decided to take him. And Catelyn was pissed off again, because you know, when first Ned, she Ned's pissed honor. off, huh? I said when isn't Catelyn pissed oh, off? The, about yeah, right. But uh, you know, Ned went went south for um, Robert's rebellion and came back with a, with a boy that wasn't hers. And then Ned went to Pike and came back with another boy. You know, so Catelyn was was miffed about that. But on the other hand, it was like this wasn't necessarily a child that was being loved as much as it was a child that was there to serve a purpose and you know yes he he got an education and he learned the ways of you know the the majority courts um obviously winterfell is nothing like the south and there than the courts down there but still you know there was there's some level of royalty and and hierarchy whereas in pike they're so hard that they don't and they don't they don't look to the same gods they don't you know 
see the same rules apply to them. You know, they're they're reavers and rapers. They're that we do not sow. They don't grow anything. They're they don't produce anything. Exactly. They're one hundred percent pirates. They're a naval force. They're hard, tough people. And they are badasses. They're fucking, they fucking really crazy, badasses. Man. They're like, really big badasses. You're on in the show, like it's one one of the things that I'm really disappointed about, like uh from a book to show aspect is like you're on Grey doing the show is just some little bitch, honestly. Yeah. It's like, oh, Cersei, oh, I have all these ships. Like, oh, I'm an Iron Islander. Where in the the books, he's just like, all right, well, I'm an absolute god. I'm gonna yeah. go. He he got this horn that's supposed to be able to um, the dragon uh, binder. The dra- yeah, the dragon yeah. binder horn. He's like, I'm a badass. They go to the king's moot. He just shows up there, blows his horn. He doesn't do it. The person that does literally burns from the inside out because a human can't be able to do it. But it's like. Looking at that comparison, opposed to Euron Grey doing the show where he's, yeah, I got ships, I'm going to sail away, I'm going to come back, I have the Golden <laughs> Company. Yeah. Um, I was telling these guys, I don't understand the costume design for Euron Greyjoy with steam him looking like a man. steampunk pirate <laughs> hipster. Straight out of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> He does have eyeliner on. Of course he has eyeliner <laughs> on. Of course he has eyeliner on. Picked he also he also has a shirt that goes halfway down to his belly button. Yeah. It's got to look sexy. Yeah, it's it's a weird queen. like bravado yeah. thing that is It's not something you'd expect out of an Iron Islander. Walking no, the fence of very like flamboyant yeah. and gay like you know, Knight of Flowers kind of shit. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> Um, how about when uh, we're in the castle after we retreat inside after Melisandre lights the trench and we all go inside and then they start going over the trench and Clegane fucking goes away <clears throat> and is chilling for a good solid 10 minutes just yeah. by himself being pissed that whether he's gonna die I was really I, I liked like, I, I did like that scene because it showed his vulnerability it showed his you know, right. willingness to comply with with what's going on, but what I didn't like about it was the fact that, you know, you're in this and other people are right there next to you, and you gotta yeah with that no. <laughs> and um, you know they're 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 counting on you to a certain to a certain extent, and he's just standing in a doorway. You know, I kind of feel like he wouldn't have got he in in the reality of a situation like that, he probably wouldn't have gotten that much time before a white was on him. Right. You know, I think that that was heightened for the dramatic effect, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, I that was a weird scene because I liked it for showing his vulnerability, and he's you know he still has that fear of fire. Like right. even though yeah. when he looked into the flames and he saw the 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 vision from the Lord of Light and everything that made them go north last season, he's still gun shy of the uh, of of fire. You right. know, I mean, shit, half of his face is burned off. Right. Yeah. It's also just kind of um like watching it too. It's like uh, interesting to see how him sitting there and being like, you know, this is all hopeless. This is all over. How it's like gives the uh, the audience a sense of like, oh, this might be all over, you know, like uh, trying to get my point, trying to think of it. Um, it's like 
you want to feel helpless a little bit as mm. an audience member. You kind of want everything to kind of end because then you get scared. You know, you get more right. invested into it if there is a possibility of him dying like that. Yeah. Well, then they cut to Barrick, you know, giving him his little pep talk. What about her? You know, when Arya falls down after slaying. Oh, my God, dude. Slaying. She was so cool. And the fact that <laughs> the fact that uh, Devo Seaworth was just standing at the top of the mm. stairs watching her just, just took down 20, 25 fucking whites barehanded just. Yeah. With arrow with with acrobatics and flair and everything. Oh. And that we got we got the answer to the, the question of yeah. what the weapon that Gendry made. And I am not disappointed. I, I believe it was a double ended spear that detached in the center so she yeah. could use it as yeah. some Darth Maul shit. Oh uh, dude, it was it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. And the way that she did it and like you know there were there were flashbacks to her fighting with the you know uh, training with the waif uh, with those sticks while she was blind. Yes. You know, um, so a lot of those callbacks. But you know the thing that thing that kind of sucked the the most about that. Um, well, before I get to the thing that sucked about it, one of the most awesome things is when she went down the the stairs. Oh yeah. She but she couldn't get through, so she just jumped and rolled down the backs of all those whites. That was insane. Was amazing. Was, was amazing. Was choreographed amazingly, right and the fact that she just was able to do all that stuff, and then you, it does show that because she was kicking ass, and you're like, oh sweet, cool, and then all of a sudden she gets hit in the head, and then it all goes to shit again. Right, and, and she it, knows that she's not 100. percent So she now she's on the defensive, and now it's instead of her owning. You know her her fighting at or, or her ability to fight. Now she has to fight for survival. Yeah, you it know, became a quick so, instant moment survival thing. And and, and the, the the crazy thing is that it was like her attitude changed. You know, she was no longer the aggressor. Now she was on. Now she's in defensive mode. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, she found herself uh, um, tiptoeing through the. Uh, the library, which yeah, was awesome. Exactly. That was great. You know, that was that was really cool. And then, uh, dude, when she exits the library, and that white is right there, like right in her face, and she just she has the instinct, the instinct, and the presence to just right in right in the bottom of the the jaw. Yeah, I mean the. The gore that came from that, like, because yeah. the, you know, that, that white just, like, opened its mouth and all this, like, black sludge blood just excretes and everything, and it gets all over the back of her her leather shirt and everything. That was amazing. Like, I, I was like, good for you, you know, like, right. CG team or, or whatever, <laughs> um, FX team, because that was incredible. It was flawless, honestly. It's like a turn and yeah. then just a... Dagger to the upper upper jaw. Yeah, really quick. Um, I like that that scene was basically kind of like a little horror movie. Yeah, like a little short horror movie. Right. And how I'm I'm guessing you all notice this, but how like the focus kind of goes in more. Like you know how the focus of the camera goes like kind of foggy on the outside when it's focusing on mm. the whites. Mm -hmm. Is that maybe depicting? Do you think that that may be depicting them? Kind of showing us how they see things, how the whites see things, yeah. like a point of view from the white standpoint, right? Like they don't have much peripheral because it's foggy, and that's why mm. they're so fucking 
when they hear a noise, they go towards that yeah. noise, and yeah. they're just very fixated on that. That could be something. I don't. I mean, I haven't. That'd be really cool. I hadn't thought about it. it. It's the first time I'm ever he- thinking or hearing about it. So <laughs> I can't give you a conclusive. I mean, just thought. from a directing and cinematography yeah. standpoint, they could probably made that decision. Yeah. We don't know that information. Though. I'm just speculating <laughs> like a jerk. Um, Zombie da- speculation. There's only f- there's only five four people alive that actually know what Arya is capable of, like physically, Brienne, Podrick, and S- Sansa, and now Davos. Mm-hmm. Davos watched that shit, and none of them really know like how actual powerful she is, you know? Right, and now Davos just watches this little girl, half his size, do more work than he would ever do in that fight mm-hmm. at all, and yeah. He, is someone gonna tell John? Like, is John ever gonna witness this? Is someone ever gonna go up to John and be like, "Yo, dude, Arya's fucking nuts"? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna ask how the uh, Night King died. Someone's gonna have to give him the answer. Right. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Someone's gonna. <laughs> oh have yeah, to it was say, Arya. She's like, oh, what? by the way, yeah. you know the prince or yeah. princess that was promised turns out to be Arya Stark. Yo, like a fucking boss. Absolutely. You know, I was so happy that they Arya tried. Stark is the is the new Azora High, <laughs> and the Cat's Paw Dagger is the is Lightbringer. <laughs> right. Um, how did you feel about it? Do you think that John should have been the one to do it? Um, because yes you're and no. you're reading from the books, and obviously he might not go with that route in the books. Um, yeah, I mean, in the books, it's like crazy now because, uh, like. If I was never to watch a show, in my mind, Jon Snow would still be dead, you know? Oh, right. Yeah, That's how their last book finishes, yep. Jon Snow There's dies. no, like, resurrection of him or anything. Like, for all I know, he might not even come back in the book series at all. Right. I think one of his last thoughts was ghosts, so I know a lot of people predict that... He warged into yep, ghosts? and kind of has part of his soul in him now, but, I mean, I don't know. But uh, as far as, like, that I, w- I, w- I would have liked to see Jon and the Night King face off. Like, I would have liked to seen a little bit more instead of this little, you know, kind of tease the entire time. Right. That would have been nice. Um, like, actually see him yeah. throw down. Yeah, or actually just, like, throw his sword at the Night King when he's 50 yards away. Right. It's like, you could do that. But um, I liked I liked how Arya did it. I know a lot of people are really upset about it. A lot of people are going to be upset one way or the fucking other. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't know people but, were upset about her doing it. Yeah. I only knew about the lighting thing. I tried to stay away from uh, all the angry shit. Yeah. Just, just, shit. just go on Reddit. Oh, really? Just go on Reddit. <laughs> Don't go on Reddit. <laughs> I, I, um, I tend to stay away. From it's the like only the reason prophecy is w- supposed to be a prince, you know, kind of like a whole man thing. So right. And it's also like when uh when uh, Melisandre was giving the whole you're gonna shut blue eyes, you're gonna shut brown eyes. You right. know, I thought that was a little bit of a cop out to when she first saw Melisandre and Melisandre said it. Yeah. They, I think um, I watched a clip where they kind of mixed up the words in the second time Melisandre said it to put more emphasis on the blue eyes. Right. Yeah, they where put... I thought that was just going to be her going through the training of the faceless men. Yeah. So it's like, it's cool how they kind of related that, but right. it's like, I can't throw my two cents in there. I mean, I thought the dragon fire was going to kill him, to be honest with you, you know? I thought so too. I... I think it was, I think, don't get me wrong, to be completely honest, the dragon fire is a little too easy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's also like pure fire versus pure ice. I guess right. ice could ward off that kind of fire. Yeah. Makes sense. Dragon glass, flaring steel are going to be the only two things, but you think. Right. And he walked through the fire that the children of the forest created, which yeah. I'm assuming that had some magical power That's to it. That's very true. I forgot about that. You know, that not just regular fire, mm-hmm. like when they light the trench. 
Right. How about that little part too? Just not being able to light the trench every time an arrow went in. It's just yeah. evaporated. I thought, uh, I thought um going back to Lord of the Rings references, I really thought they were gonna pull a uh blowing up of the wall with um one of the unsullied or something like that. Yeah. Sure, thought that one of them was just going to be the sacrificial lamb. Yep, just like jumping, carrying the, the torch, torch. just jumping ah. with the torch. I mean, it looked like some dudes were trying to go for it, but they just got yep. wrecked. Mm-hmm. They got annihilated. And it's also like you have you have John. Pretty much, wasn't he just chilling in the godswood as well? He could have lit that fire. I I don't think he was aware of the whole situation because ideally they had obviously planned for Daenerys to light it. And I'm sure with all the chaos going on and him being worried about Bran, that no. he wasn't paying attention to Davos waving. Yeah, thing. Davos said she couldn't. He one of his lines was she can't see the flames. Yeah, uh, and then they started shooting arrows, flaming arrows at it, and the arrows were just going down, wasting perfectly good dragon glass. Idiots. You know, oh, gosh. Um, but. It yeah, was, I mean, it was really cool. Mess up, Melisandre lit that though. Yeah, like at that last moment where that uh, right was like popping out, I was like, I was. I thought she was gonna light it, get stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> thought she was gonna light it and just die instantaneously. <laughs> That's her in the final move. Yeah, but obviously she took off her necklace and got naked and died in the in the sunrise. Yeah, <laughs> I saw a meme where it was like Davos. Uh, you know, I, I met you how I. Saw you the last time with your titties hanging out. <laughs> 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 so I, I don't know. I, I I definitely thought that um, the characters that died died in good ways, with the exception of Theon. I I still think it was a really good death. Um, I'm uh, I disagree with he you needed, a little bit. He needed to die he for sure. He needed to die, and I think it was honorable. I mean, I think he knew it was hopeless, and he thought he had failed and failed mm-hmm. the Starks and failed Bran again because he just looked at him and then. Bran obviously says you're a good man, and then yep. he just does the only thing he really knows how to. I mean, he's he's facing down the lieutenants, the Night King, an entire circle of undead. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I mean, I feel like that goes back to this um, the same reason that John decided to kind of you know he's you're you're giving up at that point. There's nothing you could really do. There's not hope. So that's there, why there, there is no hope. Yeah, that's the re- I think that's one of the reasons that like John got up and just screamed at the dragon. It's because it's like well, I'm gonna die one way or the other. I might as well go out on my feet facing my fear Definitely. kind of situation. I also saw another video where, or a couple videos actually, where this might have been misinterpreted, but it was John saying, like, go, go. And it, you can kind of hear it when you have someone actually tell you that he might have been saying go to, like, if he saw Arya going uh, and he was, you know, distracting the dragon or whatever. Um, but there's a, there's that's a pretty actually good, there's interesting. a pretty good YouTube video on it because it you can kind of audibly hear him say like go 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 and then yeah and uh, I mean if if Arya is anything like Bran was on the you know able to kind of navigate the castle um, from from the from an elevated perspective you know she could have been like running. On the on the tower or something like that, and to get to the godswood, and I mean that could have been something that John was saying, "Go, go" to distract the dragon. It's just I actually hope that's like the case. Yeah, that would that would that would be awesome. Honestly, that would be. I personally think that John defeating the Night King, like even though I think it would have been cool to see the Night King and John in like single combat. I think that having John kill the Night King and once again be the hero and once again, you know, 
like, okay, now John is the prince that was promised, and, you know, it just so happens that he's also a Targaryen, and he's the rightful heir of the Seven Kingdoms, and, you know, it's like, how many times is John going to be that guy, going to be the, you know, the the John McClane from Die Hard, <laughs> fucking saving the day every time you turn around kind of guy? It's not realistic, you know, and, and I know that this is fantasy, and in ways we're defying what is what realistic is but you know we also look at it like this is a different world where these things are possible but there's still truth to how the world works and reality and things like that and john saving the day every single time is not how reality would work so the <clears throat> fact that aria is the one who defeated the night king and honestly i'm not even 100% sure that that's the quote-unquote Night King. That may have been, you know, the Night King's second-in-command or a part of his inner circle that had, a, a, you know, a, this had acquired this many forces and this was their mission. And this is why we, every, every few thousand years, we get this Dark Knight is because right. there is a perpetual Night King who is orchestrating this from behind the scenes. So, you know, like... Yeah, maybe this is He's, over. Maybe now, Bran's the Night King. Maybe, maybe Bran's and the maybe. Children of the Forest are just trying to fuck everybody over. Maybe every well, maybe they're trying. Maybe at the at that point, you can just basically say that the Three Eyed Raven is God. Because yeah, if, if he because then he's controlling the situation, and every few thousand years, when the Three Eyed Raven thinks everything's poor in the world, just like, kind of restart, reset everything, mm-hmm. and. If if we think that there is a like an actual night king over our physical night king that we believe is who he is, I think they would end the series like that. Mm-hmm. We after you know all the dust settles from the Cersei and the Euron on the fleet, all all that stuff that we're about to see, maybe that's how they end it. They go north and go past the wall, and we go back to the castle that we saw in. Season two with Craster's Keep, when we actually see them go to the Kingdom of the Dead, and then we see the night, an actual Night King sitting on his throne, building mm. up his army again. We don't know what's in the lands of Always Winter up there, right? You know? I mean, That's we only know so much of what's north of the Wall. Correct, mm-hmm. and I think that would be probably the best way to end the series, just to be like, this is a nonstop. Every there's always going to be this story. In this world, that's why right. this world will never progress past where it is. If you know, like technologically, like mm. they're all they're still in the medieval right stage. So maybe that's why the progression of the world can never further because and never basically modernize. If that were to be a possibility, mm. if like that's because that's where we came from, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So humans evolve in any story, right? So I think that would probably be the best way that they could end it if they were going to include something like that. Because mm. why bring it back with an episode left and like give us another Night King war? Like, right. We just did that. Right. And we just did it with style. I just hope they don't do something like they did with The Sopranos where they just leave things like, just, they just stop. Like It's just like, okay, it's over now. I don't think George would allow them to no, do that. No, I don't think so either. He... Although it could be like a simple... making too much money to care. Yeah, right. George doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about this right now. I mean, he's he's cashing paychecks. Yeah. 
But the fact is, I think that, you know, they could essentially, like, end it on one of those, like, it's over, but it's never really over. Right. You know, because the book isn't, the books aren't finished. So it would be kind of a way of saying, like, this story that we've done is over, but the story is never really over because George is still writing and, you know, it could, it could continue past George's life's lifespan. Um, you know, I really hope that he does finish the books, um, before he, he moves on, but it's looking more and more like that's not going to be the which case. Is, which I find incredibly baffling. Yeah. To, um, to a degree. Like I'm sure as a book reader, you I mean, there, read. there have been books, like ser- book series that have been um that have been left unfinished and fans have finished them or you know like fellow writers who knew the story well and things like that but i don't know this one with with martin i don't think that we'd get Does it you just get joy out of not writing things i think or is it just writer's block or do you think it's just a i whole think he's just making too much money just like i mean i think oh personally um like reading through him um during like a uh, a feast for crows, like he just decided to tree branch off and just start going crazy with a bunch of different storylines, and I think that he got maybe a little, um, little overzealous. Me and my friend Jeff were talk Jeff were talking about this one time. He had, this is pretty much his theory, but it's like he made so many loose ends almost, and he's obviously going to go around and tie all those loose ends. Hopefully, but he didn't realize like <coughs> how much he actually made. So now he's kind of backtracking and like using this time for the last two books that he's writing to make sure that everything he decided to go crazy with in, you know, Feast for Crows is going to eventually end up making sense. But like Matt was saying earlier, too, it's like, it's upsetting because you have, like, the um, I think it was the Wheel of Time series, who the main author died, and then uh, Brandon Sanderson, who is one of my favorite authors, I would actually almost put him over but above George R. R. Martin, but uh, picks, it up, picks it up, like, finishes the series. On top of that, he's got this amazing uh, series, and he just, he's just spewing them out. You know, he's writing them. They're coming out. It's great content. It's a quality work, and it's like, I don't know why George R. R. Martin isn't focusing on that a lot more, but yet again, I have no idea. I don't know what he's doing in his life, so he could be working on it every, every day. Right, we just don't know it. Yeah. He could be on the second book and just holding that sixth book. He could be done with the sixth yeah. book. But it's also like, I don't know, I feel like I don't see a lot of him talking to the public necessarily about, like, right how far he is or really giving us any kind of solid deadlines, which right. would be would be nice because after a while you, you start to feel a little dicked around, you know? Oh, most definitely. I, I was watching an interview with him. He's When he was writing for The Red Wedding, he moved on from it. He, like, paused before he even wrote The Red Wedding, and he moved on to all the aftermath of The Red Wedding. So maybe he's just been jumping around back and forth, and maybe he's got stuff for the seventh book that he just thought of and wrote it down. And actually fleshed it out, and then like jump back to the sixth book. Who knows what how? Because his he seems like he's very sporadic with how he writes. Because it like he you is, said know, in Feast of yeah, Crows, I think the uh, the third and fourth book. Okay. If you could um you could take a chapter of one and a chapter of the other, and if you uh just like you could read the chapters one through five of the first book, and the next book you could read chapters you know one through eight, and they'll be in chronological order throughout it. So he okay. all had it written as one book, but it was so big that he had to split it down into two separate books. Oh, wow. Which is it's pretty interesting just having 
that kind of like that's why a lot of people say some of those books are the most boring just because it's going over so much shit or nothing really actually happens right interesting I probably should read the books you should get audible man all just right. uh listen to them I'm all about it I love it car rides car rides to work car rides anywhere instead before I go to sleep to, instead of listening to podcasts yeah. listen to some books I'm all about it man <laughs> I do listen to too much Rogan <laughs> way too as much as he Rogan. should <laughs> aliens um, man yeah, is there ever too much Rogan? I don't think so. No. 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 Maybe. He's a gem. He's to be completely honest. He's an American idol. Yeah, he's he's definitely He's providing something for the world, which I appreciate. But anyway, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I was Sansa and Tyrion's little moment in the crypt. I loved it. It's cute. Yeah. We would we would never work out. He's like, he, you know, conflict of interest with the Dragon Queen and Masande. Yeah, Masande gets gets that. sharp with him. Yeah, just like, yeah, we wouldn't fucking be here without her. Just so you know, you know, I I love that because it is a testament to the people who follow Daenerys follow her not because they have to or because they're sworn to it or anything like that. They follow her because they want to. They right. follow her because they believe in her, and and you know, it, if anything, I think that is what's going to turn the tide for for Daenerys is the fact that you know, I mean, we haven't even touched on the fact that the Mormonts had epic epic parts. Uh, I was going um, to get you know to they, that. they they parted they parted the the series very well, um, but. You know, I was watching. I rewatched it again last night, and and that that scene towards the end where uh, Jorah is protecting Daenerys from yeah. the Whites is so epic for a multitude of reasons. You know, he was there. He was fulfilling his duty that he swore to, even when he was still trying to earn his pardon. Um, his his royal pardon to come back home to Essa or to Westeros. Yeah. He had sworn his allegiance and his and his sword to well, Daenerys. They, yeah. And this, they've been together since the first episode. Right. And this is a way for him to make good on that. But right. the thing that I loved about that whole situation was as panicked and frightened as Daenerys was she now has battle experience. Like, she's been in battle and not just flown her dragon. Oh, she's going to win the Northerners that are left. Oh, for sure, dude. Oh, like, yeah. she just gained they, the saw, they saw her. I mean, she was putting she was putting a sword through white, you know, through the heads of whites and yeah. all of that. She was she was pretty badass with that. I thought so. I mean, not having any combat training or anything like that, she picked it up and you know it was just a, it was a fight for survival and you know unfortunately we had to see jora go um you know i loved the jora uh jora mormont storyline you know i think it's a it's a real redemption story it's oh, it's yeah. a it's a good man who got caught in a tough spot and he got punished for it and he was trying to by you know, by hook or crook, he was trying to to build his way back into some type of good graces with himself. Yeah, 
It wasn't, you know, he had already disgraced his family. He came to terms with that. He had already disgraced his his knighthood and, you know, his uh, his honor and, and everything. Um, you know, and, and now he's over here going, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do for Robert to rebel against the crown and, you know, the status quo of what Westeros has been for the past 300 years is is sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I mean, that goes for any type of political system in, at any point in history and, and any place in the world. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you have great leaders, sometimes you have terrible leaders. And, you know, the Mad King was terrible, but who's to say that Rhaegar would not have been the best king in Westeros of all time? You know, unfortunately, we didn't get that reality. We got... You know, the Rebellion, Mad King dead, Rhaegar dead, uh, Robert on the throne. Or so we think. Oh, shut up with all that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rhaegar's a faceless man, and he was... Yeah. He he was... uh, That one's so fucking convoluted. It's so funny. It's crazy, man. It's so far-fetched. It would just make everybody hate it more. (laughs) They just don't have time for stuff like that. Like, they don't have... I mean, you have... Three more episodes until the end. You don't have time to. Oh, not at all. Either reintroduce something I'm that is joshing. so. I know, I know, but I'm. I'm just saying, like you see these these theories and everything on online and whatnot, and it's like, is Rhaegar a faceless man? And has Rhaegar been, you know, training Arya and all this, <laughs> blah blah blah? And it's like you'd think if Rhaegar was a faceless man and he was able to change his ways, you know, his face and his ways, you think that he would be protecting his son. You think oh, that he yeah. would be protecting John. He would be, you know, he would be Sir Roderick, the master of arms at Winterfell for yeah. John's entire entire youth. And, you know, then when John went to the wall, he would, you know, faceless man into whatever, the you know, the lead ranger or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, and he would just be that, like, guiding force for John throughout his entire life to to build him to what he knows that he should be. Right. (coughs) Here we stand. Tajora Mormon. He lost a good man and a ferocious fighter. And his niece. And his niece. Whole Mormont clan. Holy crap, dude. Fucking Leanna Stark, giant slayer. Leanna Mormont. Leanna Mormont. <laughs> she she always confuses me. <laughs> that first hit by that giant, I was like, Oof. damn. Gone. I was like, it was one of those, like, there's a few moments during right. the episode where I was like, like, I got, I jumped in my seat. I was like, she just got fucking smacked. Right. <laughs> I like that it was like a big, a little, you know, David and Goliath situation. Yeah. You know? She comes she, back. She comes back. Cool. And she's like charging, oh yelling. Oh yep. my god, she was fierce. See, she like, went out. Up. She went out like a boss. She you see that she, her her bite uh, backs her bark. You know. Yeah. See her barking at these old guys, but she's the one who's taking that shit out. Yeah. And then Barrick, being Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the barricade. Yeah. Barrick. <laughs> <Barricade. laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I was. Uh, his whole purpose is to protect that little girl. That was that was the end of him, which is great. It's it it interesting. Yeah, to like go back and kind of think of like so. You're telling me all the times that he has been brought back to life, 
was for that single moment of protecting Arya so she could kill the Night King. Yeah. So you couldn't couldn't have someone else do that, you know? It's just a very very interesting kind of uh, premise and like it's n- I always like seeing um, how uh, Rahul I think is the God's name. Uh, there's like the, um, the name of the the God of Fire, you know? Oh, Lord of War. What? Rallor? Rallor? Is it something like that? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I know it's like an R H. Yeah. Something like okay. that. I'm not going crazy. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's always interesting. So it's like my favorite part of Game of Thrones is like the religion, you know, stuff like that. Like right. going into areas you don't really see. So it's, it's interesting. Were you, you know? a fan of the High Sparrow in yeah. the, la- in the yeah. earlier ep- ep- seasons? Yeah. Yeah. It made sense. Not me. He sucks. I mean, he <laughs> sucks, but 100%. But Were it's you- cool seeing how... Um, just like the Sept and how much influence that had and how they actually right, was able mean. to take King's Landing and kind of flip it around. Right. Actually Manif- making Cersei take a walk of shame, you know, just Ooh. seeing how they have that actual kind of power and it's like reminds you that there is a religious system and right. they are not just standard religious Catholicism, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll fuck you up. Right, they'll kill you <laughs> and shame you. Killing and shaming. Killing and shaming. I'm just pumped for the Clegane to be completely honest. I'm pumped for the next three episodes. That's yeah, all. the next three episodes. I think um, we all are. It's unreal that's going to be, like, over soon. Right? There's you know? three more weeks. Yeah. There's no break week. I remember one year they did, like, a break week because it was some holiday or something like that. Memorial Day. Oh, it was Bullshit. Memorial Day? Yeah, they, they used to, in seasons one through five or six, I think. Oh, okay. Um, They did... Uh, Memorial Day break, so over Memorial Day weekend, because HBO usually like uh, premieres like a, a big movie or has some big event or something like that over Memorial Day weekend, so they don't oh, okay. do Game of Thrones and then they pick it up the following week. So a ten a ten episode season took eleven weeks to complete, right? You know, but uh, then in season seven because it it started in the summer, it started in like the middle of June or something, okay? Because uh, it took longer, they obviously didn't have to do a break because they didn't have it was after memorial day and then um this last season or this season is going to be finished before memorial day even begins it's going to finish like a week before memorial day so oh, okay cool so we don't have to worry about that but um you yeah man i mean we got three three episodes left and then we're done with Game of Thrones. I'm kind of psyched that we're playing the game again. We've taken away from the game. We've had a nice break. A very serious break. (laughs) It wasn't like, like, oh, we're just taking a break from the Game of Thrones and we're going to go have chill time. No, we're going to have obliteration time. Yeah. And so many emotions that just went through that episode. I cried a couple times because, you know, I'm a Sally. Um, But I am... We're all probably equally excited for this freaking... Yeah, What's man. about to throw down for the I, next three weeks? Personally, I think if tonight is just like another like plot build kind of like slow, slower moving episode. Yeah, you know it's supposed to be a little bit longer than the first two. Obviously, not as long as uh, as the Battle of Winterfell, but it's supposed to be a little bit longer. Um, you know, I think that it's building towards something. You know, we're gonna get an episode, maybe an episode and a half of like the build up, yeah. and then we're gonna get. You know, maybe the second half of the of the second or of the fifth episode will be like preparations, and then you know maybe we'll see what happens in the sixth episode of just you know being a battle or being. I don't you know, think they'll end it that way. 
I don't. I have no idea how they're gonna end it. That's, it's, <laughs> that's it's, so fucked. It's one of the greatest uh, things that I, you know. I, that's why, like I've yeah. said before, that's one of the reasons why I don't like the predictions is because I want. I don't want to have an right. idea, even if it's something minute that shows up in the ending. But I've heard it before. I'll be like, oh man, I wish I didn't know that. That's you know, fair. like right. I just wish it was a complete surprise to me. I'm I'm so invested in this that, you know, just like uh, we were talking. We were talking earlier about spoiling things like Endgame and right. whatnot, and it's like, you know, I wouldn't want that to happen to me, so I would never do that to someone else. And yeah. if I'm willingly like clicking on a video that's like end of Game of Thrones prediction, like that's me doing it to myself, and I don't want to. Yeah, do I've that. never, I, I, I'm, I haven't clicked on anything. I just would have. I, I think just for this podcast, I was asking the question. Mm-hmm. I understand. No, why for you, sure. No, no. I understand why you don't. That wasn't. The that question. wasn't like directed at you. I'm I just know. saying. <laughs> I know. I hate you. Stop asking me these questions. We didn't discuss one other fucking thing about this I episode. Know. The I know. best part of the episode, the sexiest part of this episode, the fucking dragons. We got to dance the dragons. Oh yeah, we did. Oh we my did. god, dragon got, fight. That was that was actually really cool. Um, it's very pretty. Yeah. When they go up, and they're like, "Oh, you know, no. there's a there's a part of me that was wondering if you, John was coming really close to dragon fire, super, you know, close. and and he's like not getting burned or anything like that. Well, like, when Daenerys just burned the undead after the Night King raised them, I mean, he just kind of like shielded himself. Yeah, Nothing, yeah. They, she was he was like this, he was like inches away. Right, right. So and 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 I'm I'm wondering if you know he is similar to Daenerys in that sense of like. You know, being the unburnt. Oh. But then I think back to remember when he was, um, he was in trouble and confined to quarters at when he was new in the Night's Watch before he took his, before he said the words, and he burned his hands and he was wearing for like you know the rest of the episode or whatever he was wearing uh, bandages on his hands and you're like okay well if he was unburnt like that wouldn't that wouldn't have mattered you know in the very first episode Daenerys drops her her dress and gets into a scalding hot bath and all of her handmaids are going it's too hot or princess it's too hot it's too hot and she just sits down like it's no big deal right you know so well and then she kills you know the dothraki leaders and burns well yeah but that was that was already after she had she had figured that out you know she figured out that she couldn't be burned when she walked into cal drogo's uh uh pyre flame oh yeah, yeah yeah um Obviously, yeah. so, <laughs> and, yeah, and hatch dragons and and all Ugh. of that kind of stuff, but yeah, man, I mean, it's uh, it's it's something to be said. And then to like pose the question, like, does that mean that maybe the Night King, since the Night King was not able to be burnt by dragon fire, is the Night King a Targaryen, who's un who's unburnt? I I th- I'm gonna go with Joe that he's just pure ice, and that was just the whole ice and fire. He's pure ice. Pure yeah. fire can't kill pure ice. And it's also like you think of like John being unburnt. It's like, you know, not all Targaryens can, you know, not be burnt. Case in point, Summerhall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Viserys. Yeah. 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 Viserys. 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 Yeah. Viserys. That so little it's like shit. Because I thought that earlier, like to myself, I'm like, it's like can, is John Targaryen, right? Like he hasn't. He's immune to fire. He's got that resistance. So then I thought about it. And I'm like, well, no. Yeah. It's very, very specific types of targaryens. They do have a high heat tolerance. Right. But not to the degree of getting molten no. freaking <laughs> gold poured over your head. Um my favorite shot 
was when the storm came and Drogon was lighting that shit on fire and just the whole, you just saw the reflection of the fire on the storm and you're like, oh God. It was wild. It's just doom. You're like, oh yeah. So many cool cinematography. It's like, oh, so, oh. Many, so many good choices. It's like even like seeing his dumbass of the fucking Dothraki to go charging into the, you know, zombies, but... That was cool to watch. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. You know? oh, yeah. It's like, I do that every time for me. Like, yeah. Gosh. And how they slowly disappear. Did anyone notice that when the Dothraki horde like met them, the shape of the horde with all their flaming uh, swords made a shape of a dragon? Like it had a tail... And then it had like the two wings on now the other side. Now we gotta watch this shit again. Yeah, <laughs> now we gotta watch this. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it's <laughs> like when um when he knocked the whole is the Night King of Stark at the end of last season when he knocks down the wall and they show the horde from the top view. It's in the shape of a wolf. Yeah, I saw that. Really, one. I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that. yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it because I saw a YouTube video. Of the horde looking like a Stark, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like a uh, sorry, like a dire wolf. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh god!" And I watched the episode a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh god! Oh ho! Hello!" <laughs> what do we got there? But you bringing up that—that that makes sense. Yeah, I, I gotta go back and watch that because that's kind of sick. Because mm-hmm. they do that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. I What's mean... up with the? I mean, his messages though—the Night King's messages. What were those all about? Now I that know. he's. Like the spiral things? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, all the patterns. What does that mean? I mean, I I heard uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss talk about this in one of the Inside the Episodes, like in a past season. And they were talking about, you know, the the Night King's flair for the art, you know, the artistics and or, or whatever, you know, they like how they always put things in those always patterns. Always the art, yeah. Always the artists and all that kind of stuff. Gior Mormon said yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's necessarily like a meaning of anything or if that's just kind of like the calling card. You know, like, oh, kind of we've like a, been here kind of thing. Card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the, the, the army of the dead has been here and this is a warning to anyone, like who comes in our way or something, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like the dead, you've seen, you've seen a lot of those, those shapes though, you know, those like spirals, um, throughout, throughout all of this. And if you remember back to the flashback in the, you know, where, where I think, I think we've said, we think it's the God's eye. Um, but where the children of the forest stabbed the human in the heart with the dragon glass and turned him into the night King. They, That's the they actor did, that plays they the did a pan, They did a pan out, and it had that same spiral around the heart's tree. Or, is it? yeah, heart's tree, um, where he was strung up and got stabbed. Yeah. So it's a part of, it's a part of the Night King cult, or uh, character. Yeah. You know, like those, those glyphs and those shapes. But there's other things that have been around. Like Sansa wears a necklace that has a circle with a line through it, and she puts a chain like yeah, you know, through she ties the chain through it and everything, and like that shape, that circle with the line through it, finds itself in certain things all over the the place in the show of Game oh, of Thrones. Okay. So interesting, I didn't know that. I'll have to look into that more. Good on you, sir. Well. <laughs> Did we miss anything? I don't think we missed anything. I don't know. We've been talking for a 
Yeah. We have been talking for a long time. I don't think so. I think we just jumped around all <laughs> over the place with yeah. the whole episode, not even going in order, which I'm totally cool with. Um, I do have a question for you guys, though. Uh, yeah. what, what would you rate this episode out of 10? Skirky? I'm going to do a 10 out of 10. You're going to do a 10? Yeah, right. a solid 10. Just because I really try not to have any expectations going into these episodes other than what we talk about and what I think about. But um, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, which is r- not rare for, like, certain things, but for, like, an entire episode and just the buildup and the the climacticness and just the... Feeling my heart race. Yeah, and just getting goosebumps here and there and just all over the place. So that was, there was a lot of uh, emotional pull with this episode for sure. So that's... Definitely, I feel like they they closed off a lot of character stories that they needed to, um, and they definitely made me think differently of my previous thoughts of what was gonna potentially happen. And I mean, we still got three episodes left, so but I definitely rated a very high number for sure. For so, I would probably say a seven out of ten. Um, and that's just due to the fact that there were certain things that I loved and I thought were amazing, and then there were certain things that I was like, ah, I kind of wish they would have done that a little bit different, like like the Theon death, you know? Like, I like the fact that, you know, Theon did, did go away, did die. I uh, just not a really big fan of how he did it, you know? Um, there were a couple other things that I just didn't really like, you know, John getting trapped uh, by the dragon. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I like watching John mow down some people, like you know, get that powerful walk, and he's just fucking swinging his sword all over and just you know chopping heads off and whatnot. And I love that stuff. I love when he when he's able to just be a boss like that. Um, but you know, I also look at it from a real realistic standpoint, and I and I say like. This battle had to be just utter chaos, utter chaos, because you can't throw, you know, a hundred thousand plus uh, whites and and army of the dead in a situation like that and not have it be, you know, the cockroaches stepping over each other to, to for every single one of them has one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to kill and convert all humans, you know. And that's what they did, and it was, it was cool to see some of those some of those fight scenes with you know with Arya, and you know you see Beric Dondarrion go down, all this kind of stuff. It's amazing to see all that. I'm glad Arya is the one that ended it. Uh, I think it would have been awesome to see Jon end it too, but I also think that it would have been completely different. Um, yeah, I mean it is cliche, um, just because Jon has been. The guy, you know, he is the man every single time. Everyone looks to John for the answers to bail him out. And John didn't have it this time, you know, but someone else did. And that's that's why I give it a, a 7 out of 10. I mean, I could go 8 out of 10, but I'm not shitting on it the way that a lot of people, you know, in the in the Internet world were, were doing this past week of it's too dark and all of this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be dark. We get it. No, You know, I'm... I'm not opposed to that. I no. just turned the turned the lights off and watched it closer, you know, dissected it a little bit better. Turned my phone off. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just um, be immersed in the episode. 
Yeah, man. Uh, seven out of ten, I guess. Shane, I, I personally was just way too fond of the episode, all, as a whole. I mean, I I guess I would give it. I would give it a nine. Um, one I can't take away from what they accomplished. That uh, that's that's a ten right there. The whole episode as an accomplishment, I give it a ten. What happened in the episode and how they went about it, I'd give it a nine. Just because there were some, just because of the plot armor, I think I would have. I, I was, I didn't go in with too much expectations, but I went in knowing that I might we might lose a majority of the characters mm-hmm. that we enjoyed, like the Red Wedding. Like, that kind of shock factor. I was ready for that. I honestly thought we were going to lose more characters than what we did. That's what I, was I mean. Expecting to. Yeah. I was expecting to see a lot more deaths. Yeah. That was the most... If I were to be disappointed in the episode, that would be the thing that I was most disappointed with. Just... I think it's funny how, like, in the in the early seasons, we were like, I can't believe they're killing off all these characters. And now we're like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> like, I think there should have been more deaths. I think they should have killed yeah. off more main characters. Well, I think they gripped that part of us is that we we haven't felt uns- that unsafe in a really long time. And after the Red Wedding, a lot pl- a lot of plot armors laid down just because we have to progress the story to getting to these epic points. Right. And there's also three episodes left. There's a plenty of room for more people to die. Oh, right. for sure. We're going to lie today, kill them tomorrow. Right. I think it's just probably would have been better to kill maybe not all of our main characters, but I was looking for someone big. I was looking for, I was looking, I, I was thinking Brienne was going to go. I, I was, was thinking ho- Jamie. Really? I, yeah. I could see it. Right. Either of those or Sam or. Yeah. Even Davos, like even seeing Davos, die, he's not a fighter, mm-hmm. and Davos is just skeeting by the whole time, right? Throughout the whole series, yeah. And now we're in this impending doom, and he somehow survives because Arya obliterates twenty White Walkers in front of him. Where did he go? Well, and then Arya takes off running and leaves him there, like to fend for himself, and right. like, you know, I mean. He's cunning. He's he's a he's a master of you know disguise and deception. He's smart. That's, right. That's how he was able to you know make it as a smuggler as long as as long as he did is, is master of onions. Right, <laughs> master of onions. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I just I that would be the only reason why I give it a nine. I, other than that, I I enjoyed every decision that yeah. they made and how they went about killing everybody. I loved that. Uh, one of the living dragons ripped off the side of the face of the ice dragon. Yeah. You know? And the clawing of the dragons. Yeah. The whole Dance of Dragons was probably... Yeah, that was pretty the awesome. The least mistaken part of that episode. There was mm-hmm. no mistakes with that. It was what I didn't understand about the Dance no of the Dragons, though, was the fact that the Night King had his spear, and, like, the dragons are locked, like, in their talons yeah. and everything. You would think that he would be able to just, like, lean over and throw his spear... And is our timer up? No. It's an unknown caller. Oh, unknown caller. Don't take my life away from me. Gotcha. Turd. Sorry. It's the laptop that rang. Yeah. No, you're good. (laughs) Whoops. Um, So 
I, you know, I just, I, I, I found that to be a little like far fetched of like, oh, he's got this spear in his hand and they're so close and you would think he'd be able to like lean over, get, you know, get a clean shot and it's just like, doop, like just throw it over just a little bit. Boom. Now you've got two dragons and it's like, oh fuck, he's got two right. dragons now, you know? Like take I don't, all the take all your friends' weapons, you know. Right. You're on top of a dragon. Right. You should be throwing those things like you know candy yeah. on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know, so it's. I know that they were already getting swamped, you know, like the the humans were already getting swamped by the dead. They didn't need to get, you know, to get two dragons. It was like the dragons were a significant part of the battle, but. A pretty insignificant part as far as as far as di- di- excuse me as far as defeating the night king right you know the f- dragon fire didn't obviously didn't work they wouldn't have known that beforehand um so it was like you know they can't they can't breathe dragon inside of winterfell they'll burn the whole place down yeah. so it's kind of like you know look what happened to hair and all yeah right <laughs> yeah when stone when stone heats up, it becomes an oven and cooks you from the inside. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely enjoyed the visual effects that they did with Viserion mm-hmm. and how like the fucking flames were like leaking out of the top yeah. of his head. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it was really, really good. good. And they really and good. they definitely got to finally show us how big Drogon is compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. Like a very close up. They're fighting each other. Right. And Drogon's just fucking ginormous. Yeah, he's he's huge. <laughs> um, Compared to the other two. Right, right. And they're big. <laughs> I think we're going to see... I, I mean, what of the North? I'm still on that. I'm still on that game. Is what of Sans- the North? Yeah, what of the North? I'm still on that game. Winter's still coming. Right. Yeah. I also, I also look that. at it like, you know, regardless of you know, what happens with the North, quote unquote, how many families have been, how many, you know, uh, large families from the North have been stuffed out? You know, there's going to, there's going to need to be a new appointment for the, um, for the last hearth. There's going to be, there's going to have to be a new appointment for Carhold house, the house of the Karstarks, which they were, they were a line of Stark, the Karstarks, you know? So it's like, now you give it to a new family who doesn't have any blood with with the wardens of the north, and you've got House Mormont. You know, I mean, there could have been other houses that weren't mentioned that were that are in the same fate because the Glovers stayed home. Did the Night King go to Mount Kalen or not Mount Kalen, uh Deepwood Mott, uh, before they came to before they came to to Winterfell? We don't know, you know. Right, no one really knows. The 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 Glovers could be wiped out too, and no one knows about it. So yeah, you know, I mean, there's Arya and Sansa might want to start popping out babies. <laughs> yeah, starting some. Who lines. even knows if Arya can? Because the wave stabbed her in the stomach a bunch of times. Oh yeah, that's right. Take oh, it away. If it's Gendry, it's definitely a shot. Yeah, right. the seed is strong. Yeah, very strong. <laughs> the seed is strong. <laughs> what were John Aaron's last words? The seed is strong. His mind was gone. <laughs> Dude, I would love to be able to get my hands on the original pilot that never aired. Oh, the one where yeah. they recast off of everything. Because it said that John Aaron had a speaking role 
The I didn't even know that existed, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, dude. Th- That's so pretty crazy. Before Game of Thrones got greenlit by HBO, they did a pilot, and they had they had the majority of the actors were the same as they are now, but Catelyn Stark was a different actress, Daenerys was a different actress, and the the story was slightly different. It took place more a little bit before John Aaron's death. So you got to see John Aaron like interact and he had like speaking lines and, and all of these kinds of things. And when they showed it to HBO, um, it just it wasn't it wasn't good enough for HBO to put to put on air. Ah. And they went back to the drawing board and they you know, HBO was was one hundred percent like committed to it, but they just needed to Here's some money. Refine it, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they needed to refine it. So they recast a couple of characters and uh, did what they did and turned out to be what it is, you know. But I thought it would have been cool to see John Aaron alive. Yeah. And get to witness, you know, his his reaction to who Robert is currently and, and how he dealt with Robert and and Robert's lack of ruling and all of that kind of stuff, and knowing that, you know, Cersei and Jamie had these children that were not Roberts and all this stuff. So, yeah, let's <coughs> give me some of those prequels. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the the prequel that they said that they're doing is a pre is is a story of the fir- the original Long Night. Okay. So, you know, I think that that's something that they can kind of milk to be a couple of seasons. But then I just saw something, and I know it was on the internet, so I can't necessarily <laughs> trust it 100%. But I saw something that said that, uh, H- and it could it could be old, because I know that HBO commissioned a handful of writers to write uh, a couple of different treatments for uh, potential pilots I mean, a while back. I mean, it's definitely going to happen. It's just going to be a matter of one, especially with Amazon, right. like, Dumping a billion dollars or something crazy into their Lord of the Rings series they're gonna have coming out. Half a billy. Half wow. a billy. Half a billy. Like, wow. It's like they're the stage is set. The pieces are moving. You yeah. Know? It is supposed it's to be it's supposed the rumor is that it's gonna take place in the second age. So the uprising of Sauron. Are you talking about Lord of the Rings right yeah, now? Lord yes. Of Rings. yes. It holds Wonder. no place in our Game of Thrones podcast. It does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um Yeah, I I I would hope that they at least give us Robert's Rebellion in a prequel. That would be really cool, you know, to do Robert's Rebellion, to cast all of these characters that we... I've been saying this for a while. Yeah. To cast all of these characters that we already know in their youth, you you wouldn't have to go with the same actors. You would be able to go with younger, younger talent, cheaper talent, you know, like all of this kind of stuff and build them to what it, what it, what it should be right know? and we can get a young leanna stark and we can get yeah i mean we can get a young everything i mean if we're young doing holland reads <laughs> <laughs> you're playing with my emotions <laughs> um no but you'd get like rhaegar you'd get the mad king you'd get you know a younger barristan selmy uh young the mountain the hound the mountain they would probably just keep the same guy because in reality he's only like 27 28 years old. Right. But it's but the freak. thing is because of how big and and like crazy he is and all that, he looks like he's in his 40s. Mm-hmm. He just looks so ridiculous. And his girlfriend is so tiny. Oh, wife. His wife is so she tiny. Ma- yeah, they Excuse married. Me. They got married. <laughs> um 
I would like to see a young Jamie because the show did not do him too much justice from his from the stories that we know of Jamie and how talented he was. I think the only basically the only homage to that was him fighting Ned and Ned was winning that fight <laughs> before before the guy stabbed him in the knee and ruined our lives forever. Pissed me off. Be nice so to much. see some like tournaments too, you know, like bringing these these uh, yeah. young cast of characters. Do the tournament of Heron Hall. Yeah, like so much, so much quality to stuff they yeah. could do. Hopefully, they should just start a a series from like the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Yeah, I think that would be cool too. You know, because then you could get like a, a season or two. With Ned and Robert being fostered in the Erie and like a younger John Aaron, and then you know like all the betrothals and everything that led to, um, that led to Robert's rebellion, you know, because right. the, the that was only like the end of the War of the Nine Penny Kings was only like ten years before uh, Robert's rebellion, because Robert and Robert Stannis and Renly were standing on the shores of. Um, uh, of Storm's End when their parents' ship wrecked in the bay. Oh, okay. And killed them both. And Stannis Baratheon, Robert's father, was a hero of the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Same with uh, Tywin and Kevin Lannister and Rickard Stark and um, John Aaron and all these other, you know, influential people whose children became, you know, the, 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 starters or the antithesis of these of these events that we're in right now right so that would be really cool to, to for it to be like oh everyone's going to the war of the nine penny kings oh barristan selmy defeats the uh usurper in open in single combat and they all come back and you know then they, they have these kids and you know i think it'd just be really cool to see all that kind of stuff yeah and i i mean how do you how do we go about 10 years, though? Do we just do 10, ten seasons? No, I think <laughs> just chop it up. Just like chop it up. progress two to three years every once in a while. Yeah, that makes sense. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It has been. I appreciate you coming in, Joe. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thank inviting you. me, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. We will work out you coming on the podcast and you and I talking about Everything and anything. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Nerd stuff. Yeah. I was super nerd. excited when you told me that you liked Magic the Gathering. I'm like, oh, yes, finally someone that Matt knows. <laughs> <laughs> I have something to relate to. Um, World of Warcraft. That's I did play game. World of Warcraft yeah, for I, a I while. definitely played for about eight years of World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. Skirgis yeah. really into it. Alliance or Horde? I was definitely Horde. All right. My, my torn warrior. I knew I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> It's always for the horde. I I I'm just super excited for this week. Yeah, man. It's a, it's tonight, the next week, tonight. and the week after, and I'm 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 very happy that uh, I have gentlemen such as yourselves to share this podcast with and talk about something that we all love and share common interests. In. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I was super excited for today. You know, like last week we talked about it and Skirky came to us and was like, hey, I can do next week, but I can't do the following week. And, you know, we, we had originally planned for Skirky to not be here today and to have it just be uh, 
Shane, myself, and then Joe. And then when Skirky said he, he could make this week and not next week, we were like, well, fuck it. The episode was so huge. Like, we'll just have the four of us, and, yeah. and it'll be fun, you know? Um, so next week, we're doing it's just you and just me, the buddy. two of us. Yeah, and we're going to record it a little bit later than usual, um, which we're recording today a little bit later than usual as well because we had some technical issues in the, in, in the beginning. <laughs> we need to call a Eugene yeah, and get an audible we had, in here. We had, to get, we had to get saved from a, uh, you know, a sound recording expert to a certain degree um still still a few little kinks to to work out and you know all of that but uh but i think we're we're gonna be good going forward um but yeah man uh super pumped to get joe in here you know i've said it before joe has been my game of thrones sherpa and kind of (laughs) led led me down the right path of uh of of really getting into this show and i appreciate all of that you know like it's it's become such a huge part of my life for the past 10 years. And, uh, you know, d- being able to share it with, with Shane and Skirky here for the last couple of years has been wonderful. But, you know, being able to show it, share it with Joe when, it, when I was new to it and, you know, everyone was new to the show, it was just, it was something that was really fun. Um, I, it was one of the things that I would look forward to going to, sc- going to work for. So um, <laughs> just yeah. be like, I'd think of something like on my day off and it'd be like, wonder what joe would think about this you know <laughs> and uh at one point in time I'll, I'll never forget this at one point in time you know everyone knows everyone who's listened knows that my favorite house uh is house reed and um you know house reed it lives in the neck which is a very bog like um you know kind of bayou kind of place kind of place and a few years back i think it was like 2014 2015 somewhere around there um I went on a little mini vacation to New Orleans and we took an airboat tour and I was on the airboat and I was taking pictures of like the swampy, boggy bayou, all this kind of thing. And I was posting pictures on my Instagram and I said things like, this is how I think the neck of Westeros (laughs) looks. And Joe was the first one to like snap back with a comment. And he was like, you know, uh, I forget exactly what he said, but he was like, you know, House read all the day, all time, you know, the whole whatever. And I was just like, yeah, Joe, like, that's fucking rad, dude. So, so yeah, man, we really appreciate you coming out and, uh, you know, being, being a part of this and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, fun. absolutely. Good times. Glad to hear Good it. Good times. Um, I think that's all, folks. That's it. The night is dark and full of terrors. <laughs>